Okay, hello. I am so excited to be here with the Tom Dennis, who is an incredible leader, an incredible inspirational thought leader, and has uh, worked with um, royalty, military, top CEOs, executives from all over the world, and really help them step into true leadership. And we're talking about healthy leadership where they're able to guide their team, their organization, their company to um, massive levels of success and wholeness and peace and um, really socially responsible ways of moving into the next century and, and competing in a in an ever-changing planet. Um, so I'm super excited to, to have you here. We're gonna have a conversation about masculinity and femininity, how it plays out in the workforce. And um, I'm excited because I've just admired your work and everything that you do and just your energy um, for, for so many years since I met you a couple of years ago. Um, so welcome, Tom, how are you doing this morning? Thank you, Chess. Thank you. I, um, you're very kind in your words. Let's not forget your own uh, standing in the world and the book that you've just um, published, which uh, I guess it forms a lot of the the basis of of uh, your thinking now. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good Thanks. to be with you. Thank you, thank you very much. I just realized I said good morning, but it's evening your time because you are in in um, England. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, my book. So I just just thrown out there for those who don't know, I do have my book that just came out, "The Modern Woman: Discover Your Inner Sweet, Sexy, Badass Queen," and it's a true book about balancing the masculine and feminine energies in women. And there's really a direct counterpart to for men. Um, and so we can take the information and directly correlate it to, to men and stepping into their own masculine and feminine energies. So why don't we dive in? Um, so I know you talk a lot about masculine energy. Give us some context and um, what, what, what are you finding right now with men in the workforce, with leaders in the workforce, with masculinity um, and um, let's let's start with how what, what are you finding and then we'll and then we'll dive deeper into that. Hmm. There's lots of things really. Um, I think the first thing is that it's not a subject that many men want to talk about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so that makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I think some men would say, well. I, why would I talk about this? What, what's what's the problem? Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's it's kind of paradoxically um, put up in an opposition against all the 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 press, which talks about misogyny and uh, men who are behaving really badly uh, in organisations. Um, particularly around their attitudes to to women, mm -hmm. um, and and so uh, I I think that th this is a this is a whole conversation that that calls for for courage, and it calls for uh, a willingness to explore subjects that typically you just don't want to you just don't want to look at. 
but I mean, here we are. Um, this is the the weather is behaving in ways that climate scientists have been predicting for a long time, and yet so many people are really rather surprised mm -hmm. at the extremes. And it's it's the same kind of thing. Um, people haven't wanted to talk about this because it uh, threatens the status quo, uh, and in, in, in just the same way, um, an awful lot of men who've got to the top of organizations, how much they make good noises actually would be much more comfortable if the women were at home caring for the home, mm -hmm. which is how an awful lot of uh, men who are in senior positions think today. Mm -hmm. The younger generations, they have a different mindset but they're not actually uh, in the, the, the positions of power that they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, I, I mean, I could go on, but I, I, I think that yeah. you, there are some positive people. I, I mean, I'm not saying everybody's negative on, on this, uh, but if you look at C-suites around um, the, 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 the world, I mean, it does vary a great deal depending on the country. You know, it's funny if you, look at some sort of countries like Rwanda, their government has got about 60% women. Uh, and um, so that there are, and there've been a, a lot of women uh, in positions of power, you know, the, the World Bank, um, the, the EU. I mean, these are, there are a lot of large organizations that are headed up by women, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Um, but still, there's an awful lot of men that, even if unconsciously, they think, I, I just would rather this was a man's world. What, what specific behaviors um, are you seeing within their, the culture, the organization? Um, well, just like there's a lot of greenwashing. There's a lot of whatever washing it is. I don't know. It's, it's it's uh there's been a bit of a backlash in the last couple of years um there are now less women uh in c-suites than there were i think two years ago really uh, percentage wise so um there has been this pushback you see it i mean you see it in the states i mean goodness gracious you see it in the states with the the, the um the the the, uh, the 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 sort of political political right that is looking for um, ways to to get you know make the country great again well according to when according to about 50 60 years ago um, and and so uh, that, that and and you look at um, Hungary Poland even this country the United Kingdom um, that there have been sort of patriarchal pushbacks. But I think in, in any systemic change of this significance, you're, you're gonna get that kind of, uh, um, no linear is change, no change is linear. Mm -hmm. So um, we've, got a, we, we've just got to keep pushing on. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, there are, some, there are some really positive um, C-suites around men who, men, C-suites largely consisting of men who are, are saying, 
this has got to be changed. We need, I think there are some, I mean, McKinsey's have done all sorts of studies and they keep coming out with numbers that if you have a more balanced leadership team, you get better results. Oh, absolutely. You better yeah. results, you make more money, which for most people is what's motivating. And it's interesting that in spite of that, there's still an awful lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. um, Hi, and, so you said there's less women in C-suites today than there were two years ago. Uh-huh. What's changed in the last two years? Because I would think there'd be a trend going one way or the other. Um, well, instantly. It's, it's, it's a pushback. It's, it's, it's a, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, well, I think, uh, you know, I, I, part of this is um, men being uncomfortable and then making decisions that make them more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But also, I think there's um, uh, some women who would say, I, I, I don't want to play this game. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've done this so often or so long. Uh, and uh, it's tiring. Um, I, I mean, it, <laughs> The number of um, women who've become quite senior in, in uh, STEM, you know, the, the uh, sort of engineering uh, type areas, that I, I've seen so many of them get so far and they're highly qualified. And eventually they go off and they become nutritionists or they become yoga teachers because actually it's just so much more fulfilling than trying mm -hmm. to battle in an environment which was designed by men for men. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not saying all is lost. I'm saying that this is a change curve that has has uh, ups and downs in it. Mm -hmm. So we've got to keep we've got to keep pushing because uh, there is no question that we need feminine wisdom in the leadership of uh, organizations. And mm -hmm. uh, by feminine, I mean the feminine in men as well as the feminine in women, which also in in, in it, is a bit of an issue because there's an awful lot of women who've got to very senior positions by um uh, this is my own my own view and i think it's perhaps controversial for some people but they've they've done it by losing or suppressing parts of themselves in order to conform and be seen as acceptable in a male-dominated environment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's just plain sad mm -hmm. So it's interesting you say that because I, I was actually speaking um, recently and <clears throat> there was a woman in the audience and her, her daughter, so she was asking a question for her daughter, who's an engineer, and she says she has the toughest time because she's in this firm with all men and um, she refuses to be in the boys club, she refuses to go golfing, she refuses to do the, you know, the the socialization i mean just all of that and um she you know she's just getting very discouraged and i don't know if that you know my answer you know just because i'm a big proponent in relationship building is number one and um women we're all tribal creatures women know how to bond with women men know how to bond with men <clears throat> and now we're needing to come together and bond with each other. And I'm a big proponent in kind of matching the energy 
you know, every time I've been, you know, and, and I've had businesses, I've had jobs, I've had, you know, I've been leadership roles. Every time I've come into an organization, I've always matched the energy of, of the organization. And then having had that, um, having had that rapport with the group, with the people, then I can shift it and change it. And I wonder if that's where people are missing is they're going in there, holding on to their, their attitudes, their beliefs, their ways of doing things and wanting to strong arm everyone else into shifting um, into their way versus going in. And this is the advice I gave her is, is she has to develop relationships, learn how to golf, hang out with the boys, you know, go into the, into the water cooler room and, and find out what everyone's talking about and join in the conversation. And, and that way, when you can break those walls between you and all the men, and they start to let you in, then you can show off your prowess because she's incredible. But now she's starting to hold back on her work and what she's able to do. So she's not willing to work as hard um, because she's taking it personally um, versus, you know, if, if I go to, into a different country, I'm not going to stick to my language. You know, I'm going to try to have a dictionary or my phone and assimilate into at least show that I have, um, that I'm trying to fit into their culture. And then once I have that relationship, then I can bring myself, you know, into it. Um, I wonder if, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I, it can be threatening to have someone who's different. And if it's a boy's world or a man's world, and they've got all of a sudden women, you know, and, and they don't know what to do. So, so in essence, um, they are, I, I would say acting more out of fear than, than anything you know, fear and, um, and again, I don't know, you know, you, you're, you're the expert, so you tell me, but I, I would imagine they're acting more out of fear. Um, also with the whole, we have the whole Me Too movement. Um, they don't want to be, you know, there, there are real threats, you know, being alone with a woman in a room, you know, in an office um, and threats of accusations and things like that. So it puts them on the defense and um, having having someone come in, fit in, you know, a, a, at least attempt to to assimilate into the culture, and then changing it. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? Boy, have you opened up a big box there? <laughs> oh. <laughs> You see, I hear a lot of women, younger women particularly, saying, why the hell should I compromise? Why do I have to behave like a man? Why do I have to learn to play golf? Why do I have to go and, and drink beer um, just to be assimilated, um, just to be acceptable? Um, you know, I, I often talk about the, 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 the huge drive that we all have, this need to belong. Uh, and so, uh, how much are you prepared to compromise yourself in order to belong? Now, you, you, essentially what you're, you're, you're advocating is a kind of, uh, kind of match and lead, um, or pace and lead, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. is, the, is the right yeah. term, isn't it? Um, the 
but but uh, I, I think <laughs> because here's you know here's to me when you talk about ethical influence that's what we have to do as a parent as you know with our spouse with our bosses with our coworkers with our employees there is a you know you, you talk about match and lead absolutely and there's there's ethical influences people people want to know that they are being understood that you're not coming in and and steamrolling you know through everything and we have a lot of leaders male and female that will go into an organization you know i know one you know in particular they've got a new you know president and all of a sudden they're just coming in and, and I've had this experience where a leader just came in and just steamrolled through everything and didn't even get a chance to or didn't even give them an give um have take the opportunity to get to know people, to get to know the culture, to find out what are their strengths, what are the weaknesses, what's working here, what can I acknowledge? And that, you know, and I think that gives you a lot more power as a as an influencer if you can do that. Yes, you're, you're right. Of course, you're right. Um, but, and there's a big but there, mm -hmm. that, um, you, you know, in, in your description before, uh, there's no compromise being made by the men. And uh, just because they're in the majority, mm -hmm. I don't think gives them the right to say, this is how it is around here. Either you conform or you, or you don't fit. Uh, and on top of that, you have all the the um, male female dynamics that overlay this, so that actually, for a, a, a single woman like that, being in um, what has been an all male environment is is incredibly scary. Mm -hmm. So. That calls for the men to respect that. It, it calls for them to actually think, right, we're all going to play golf. Do, does that make sense? You know, it, it, now that our team is different, maybe we could be doing something different. How can we, the men, help this person assimilate as opposed to her doing all the work and us carrying on as if nothing has changed? Because mm -hmm. something has changed. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in a sense, what I, what I hear you saying is, I mean, at one level, it's feminine wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to rock the boat here. I'm going to just slowly edge my way in, in a way that um, doesn't ha in, incur conflict, um, but actually um, will win out in the end. Mm -hmm. And it might. And it might not, you know, um, over here, uh, there's uh, a number of women who've been in the fire service for years and have never been assimilated. Um, and uh, they've, they've all got horrific stories to tell about misogyny and, and harassment. So, um, you know, I think they would all say, well, you know, I did my best but they, they never did um, accept me. And there is a, there is a mindset along, uh, in a lot of male-only uh, environments and uh, the police are like this, the, the fire service are like this, 
Uh, and by golly, the government is like that. Mm. It's certainly in this country. Um, and, and there is this, this kind of resentment that a lot of um, these groups hold because their boundaries have been broken and they don't want it. Mm-hmm. They actually do. They want to go off and play golf and, 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 and go and have, have uh, beers and misbehave and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, having a, a, a many types of women will actually cramp their style. And if right. a woman really mixes in and becomes part of the group, what's that program? Yellow, Yellowstone. I, I don't know, what, it, but I know it's very uh, popular. There's there's a, there's a couple of women there who are are horse hands, mm-hmm. and they they are as rough and tumble and 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 um I don't know what the word is. I, I'm I'm avoiding masculine and, and all that stuff. It, it's just mm-hmm. um, that they 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 behave in the same way as men that have never been regulated in any uh, environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they fit in and actually they scare the men mm-hmm. on the whole because mm-hmm. they have on top of that, their um, ability to bring in um, uh, uh, their, their, their sexuality, which is an enormously powerful um, weapon tool i don't know mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in that um but of course at that stage we're really talking about uh, i mean i don't know what word you want to use unhealthy feminine uh yeah. as well as an unhealthy uh, masculine so um i what what, you, what we're talking about is a really difficult problem it's mm-hmm. a really difficult problem uh but i don't think that women should make all the 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 com- compromises there I, I just don't think that's right um and uh i mean the, the the word that went in my my head as you were describing is the men actually need to grow up mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and, and i do agree and you said some you said a couple of things that really stood out for me one is um to the effect of they need to be good hosts if they have someone new coming in they should provide a safe environment for them and that's true masculine energy, right? And true masculine energy is being a protector. And it's and it's you've got someone new, you're a good host, you're you're making sure that they feel safe, safe enough to do an incredible, incredibly good job and to be able to contribute in a big way. And the other thing you shared is feminine wisdom. And so, you know, it's interesting because I I, you know, I do a lot of coaching, business, executive coaching, personal coaching. And, um, and also relationship coaching. And I'll always tell my couples, I'm like, okay, I'm talking to you right now. You know, so say I'm talking to the woman, I'm going to tell the woman what she needs to do. We're, we're not dealing with the men, you know, or, or your, your husband. I'm talking to you. This is what you need to do. Because the, the, um, the, um, um, oh, what's that word? Um, it's it's tempting to say well he needs to change he needs to you know do xyz and i'm like but we're, he's not in this room we're talking to you and then when i talk to the husband it's like okay this is what you need to do forget her 
this is, I'm talking to you right now. So in essence, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely not taking sides, but I'm a woman and I, and I work primarily with women. My book's all about women. So, so yes, it's, it's, I, I think women have a lot more power than they give themselves credit for and they can affect real change. And, and let me ask you this, cause this is something that I, that I also see a lot is, um, you know, the beauty of having such diverse network within an organization, you know, I talk about innovation, true innovation is having people from different walks of life, different ages, different ethnicities, different genders coming in, because you're having different points of view, you offer different ideas, if you've got a, a room full of, I don't know, 55 year old, you know, Caucasian men, nothing new will come from that room, because everyone thinks exactly the same. And so when you have different groups, you have people that have that think differently, that have different ideas. And so um, one of the things that I teach is, is, you know, again, the masculine and feminine energies for women. And again, I'm just speaking to women right now, um, is when you're at work, yes, you're on masculine mode, so to speak, because to me, masculine energy is producing, creating, affecting something outside of you, making things happen, setting goals, working, you know, towards it. Um, so there's a lot of masculine energy that they bring. But I also teach my women, don't, don't neglect your feminine nature. Because that femininity bringing, you know, bringing to the workforce is very powerful. You know, that ability to create relationships, that ability to be open to different ideas, to be able to pull out information from everyone to make sure that they're all heard, to be able to connect in a deep way and, and make people feel valued within the organization, to be able to see the big picture. You know, women are designed to multitask. They can hear the baby and hear the knock on the door and the phone ringing, you know, all at the same time and, and address all of them, you know, versus masculine energy men are very hyper-focused. So the seeing the big picture, being able to juggle a lot of things at the same, is their superpower? And, um, and, and also the softness. I, I truly feel that femininity is, the loss of femininity is a huge problem as we move forward in our, in our society. Um, I think women feel like they have to compete in the man's world. And yes, we want to enter the world really for the benefit of all, but I think competition is a, is a, is a masculine trait. And um, so when women come in, I teach women, come in with your femininity, be soft, because men are not going to fight you if you're soft. If you come in as a man and you want to compete with them, they're going to put their dukes up because they're designed to fight. Women are not designed to fight. We're designed for connection, for community. And, um, and I think, you know, as women come in, there's a demand. Um, I had, I, and, and this is where really, you know, when I, st I started writing my book years ago, 30 years ago, don't tell me what, don't ask me why it took me so long. I was afraid to take it out or, or bring it out to, to the world um, for fear of, of being too, I want to say traditional. Um, but I had a boss, you know, we had, it was a large nonprofit organization and we were running beautifully. The first day I started, our CEO was fired. So we ran like three, four months without a CEO. And it was just a beautiful organization. Everyone was working, you know, extra hours. We had some incredible programs. I mean, just, we were just really a powerhouse. 
And um, so we got a new CEO, all of us are excited. You know, we got this new CEO as a woman from a different, you know, um, uh, area of California. And we were going to have this meeting where we were going to be, you know, she was going to introduce herself to us. So we were just excited. You know, we got this new, you know, team member. And we all sat down. She sat down. And the first words that came out of her mouth, I'm going to make up the name. Hi, my name is Mary. You stab me in the back. I'll stab you in the gut. That was her introduction. And to me, it really, it really um, spoke to the to the competition, to the threatening nature, to the ready for Dukes up. And when you walk in like that to any organization with men, their dupes are gonna come up, but you come in soft and 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 friendly and and oozing that feminine energy and take your masculine energy into the production of your job. Um, I believe there there will be less resistance. And again, I'm just talking to women. You know, you you know, obviously, if I'm 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 training the man, I'll say, hey, see the value that this woman is going to bring, and bring out your protective nature, and be and and I would tell men that the reason why her dupes are coming out is because she's scared. Make her feel safe. That's your job. Protect her. She requires protection in your organization. So I know I threw out a lot. What what are your what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> And I think particularly that coming in with masculine versus feminine energy. And I, and again, I really, I really feel that feminine, you know, it's like women come into the workforce and they just want to be another man. That was my, you know, that's the reason why I wrote the book as well is that I wanted to be a man. I wanted to be the best man in the, in the room. And it didn't work for me because I'm a woman. And so when I switched that and decided I can be very successful, I can be very confident, I can be very productive and efficient and, um, and still be a girl. They're not at odds with each other. And, and that's a, a learning for me. And um, so what are your thoughts? I know I said a lot. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the paradox in what you said, if, if we go back to your, um, the daughter of the lady who was the engineer, is you were kind of advocating that she became a man, a man to, to fit in. Um, it wasn't to become a man, it was to develop the relationships with the men. Yeah. She, wa she wanted to, to go that, in there. Was, What's she that? Was going to, in order to do that, she was gonna to have to compromise herself. And, and you know, the, the, the typical journey there is that you lose the, the, the beauty of the femininity. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it is a very, very difficult, um, very difficult thing. Now, I completely agree that the, when, when a woman comes in with that, that softness, uh, in a lot of men, it will bring out the, the, um, the, the, the wish to protect, not in all, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it, it's like, um, you know, when a, when a woman is, uh, I, I mean, the, 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 you, you've seen it in the studies of the words that are using it, used in appraisals, 
you know, where, where a man is described as, as uh, holds his ground, um, a woman could be described as, as um, unreasonable or, or um, uh, over emotional <laughs> or, or you know, whatever. I, I mean, you know, the, 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 there is all this stuff that goes on mm -hmm. all the time and a lot of it is unconscious mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in men. So um, it, it's, uh, it's a it's a really it's a it's a, it's a, it's a difficult um, uh, place because so many men feel uh, you know when a woman starts to cry mm -hmm. you know, now it's quite rare to see a man cry uh, uh, and um, uh, it, but it could be out of frustration. It could be out of joy. It could be out of um, a disappointment. Actually, it's an incredibly healthy thing that the woman can do. Women are so much better at expressing their emotions than men. But when you put a man, particularly a man who's in charge, the manager in charge of this, he's got no idea, typically, not, not always, typically, no idea what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Because what it does is it takes them into a place of, uh, um, oh, uh, you know, we we are naturally empathetic. So it takes them into a, a place of emotion. And most men just go, no, thank you. I don't want to the woman. Um, so again, I, I come back to this thing about, I think a lot of men have got to grow up. Mm. And um, instead of trying to get women to conform, in this case, to no emotions, uh, because we don't do emotions here, you can keep your emotions at home kind mm. of thing. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's very typical. Um, so so uh, um, one of the things that's really missing in organizations are men's groups. Uh, we've got groups for every marginalized group uh, you can think of, mm -hmm. and I include women in that. So there's women's groups all over the place. Yes. And some, some men say, well, what about us? To which the women tend to respond, well, you don't need one, you're in the majority, but actually, they do need it, and they need it to have a, 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 it needs to be a safe space where they can actually explore, not what, what, what the favorite beer is, or, you know, you know, we talked about golf and that. No, this is about exploring my feelings as a man, and how can I be a good role model as a man for the young men coming into the organization? Mm -hmm. uh, and what is it like to be a man in a world where it, there are more and more women coming in and actually having positions of power? You've got to remember now, out of universities in the US, 65% of people who graduate from universities in the US are women. So what does that, what does that mean? It means there's a lot less men graduating it, it and and wh where does that go it goes into resentment 
goes into frustration. It goes into what is my role? You know, I, I don't understand anymore. I, in a sense, men are at least as sensitive as women, but they don't feel the permission to express that in any way. Mm-hmm. But they need to. They need to. And, and today, more than ever, uh, ever before, they've got to um, have a place where they can actually unload. Yeah. Uh, and, is, that, you know, is that what you do? Because I, I think that's an incredible concept. Um, well, very well, valuable. Well, we, we have the package. We're looking for organizations to, to work with it. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's, it's not easy. You know, if you go in um, to, to, to a lot of organizations, they'll, they'll say, well, we don't need men's groups. You know, they're, they're in the majority, but um, they, they really do need them. And, and um, you know, we have a package. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what, what, what is amazing is that if you can get men to begin to explore with each other in a safe space, you can get to a stage where, uh, you know, in parallel, you can be doing something with the women in, in, a, in a similar facilitated space. But then when you bring them together, if you get the men who have become a little bit used to exploring things with themselves mm-hmm. and getting some of this stuff a little bit more organized in their head and understanding themselves and what the reactions they're having, Mm-hmm. and you get the women to listen to this, the women are blown away. Mm. They're completely blown away. What are they surprised by? Yeah. Because they are seeing men being vulnerable. Mm. And, and, and it's, A, it's so attractive, but B, it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and then, when there's enough permission, you can then get the women in the center talking about how it is for them with the men listening and all of a sudden you've got you're beginning to create some some ground on which we can grow new and much more adult relationships but like all these things it takes time it takes time yes that should be in every organization hallelujah yeah well you know get in touch because we want to do this work (laughs) absolutely absolutely wow i I could see that in in organizations in government and military and the police force yes absolutely absolutely but you've got to soften the edges first Mm -hmm. and that's that's not a manipulative thing it's actually a very healthy thing So what is your, um, I know you work with CEOs, um, leaders around the world. When you talk to um, a a male leader, what is your approach? How do you address this? What what do you, what's your conversation like initially? And I imagine if they're coming to you, they're already open to it. Or is um, that not the case? Well, there's little point in trying to coach somebody who hasn't who hasn't vo- voted for it themselves. Right. Okay. Occasionally, I I get um, put in touch with somebody who 
is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's a problem, sort him out. Well, yeah, what does he think about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so when you work with leaders and they want you to kind of transform their team, we'll call it, we'll, we'll look at it that way. So they're bought in, their team isn't. What's your, what's your approach or how do you, how do you open up that dialogue or that conversation? Yeah, it, it depends on, on the, the context, you know, why, why are we getting together? Um, are they working well together? Are they communicating? Uh, do they want to talk about their values, their purpose? Uh, you know, there, there could be many, many reasons to, to come together. Um, quite often with teams, teams are, are, are often put together in order to do a particular task. Mm -hmm. um, and they, when they're cross-departmental, um, that can be very interesting because they're bringing all the issues of each department together into one team. <laughs> Um, and that, that can be, uh, well, it's great fun to work with it. Uh, and if it's not worked with, it can go uh, very wrong. I, I mean, I think of um, uh, uh, drug compound teams in, in pharmaceuticals. Now, these are teams that are put together. So you've got a statistician and a pharmacist and a um, uh, um, I don't know, a, a chemist and a salesperson, you know, there are all these people that, that come together and um, they've got to, uh, if the drug is going to be successful and get through the various stages, they've got to work together really well. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, sometimes there are men, sometimes there are women. Um, and, and in that sense, it's it's less about the gender, but it's more about the mindsets that people bring. Uh, and so um, I like to get those mindsets out. I like them. I like to create a, a, a safe space where people can uh, express themselves and then be sufficiently open to hear disagreement mm -hmm. um, or frustration or whatever it is that, that's coming out because these teams are often under enormous pressure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, deadlines and um, you know when they have to go and give a presentation in the US there's just one the FDA but in Europe every country's got its own regulatory um, body mm -hmm. so um, they're, they're having to rehearse work together they've got to be a really slick team so um, uh, I think that the bit that often we miss is in order to create a team like that We've got to um, create a, a baseline, of, you've already described that baseline of relationship, uh, of understanding difference and understanding self and what dynamics I, we bring into the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's no question, normally when you have more feminine energy which is typically brought by a woman but not always uh, things go better mm -hmm. because that feminine energy is much less accepting of a dysfunctional ego mm -hmm. uh, and it's 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 the egoic expression that is so 
damaging. Yeah. And, and I would throw in the powerful feminine energy is, um, is less accepting because a feminine nature is to, you know, kind of it, the, the unhealed feminine could be a doormat, could let things slide, you know, to just accept the unacceptable. Uh, but a powerful feminine is like, no, that's not going to work. And, and in yes. that soft way, it's this is not how we're going to do things. Yes. Um, and at the same time, the, the part of the feminine is listening. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. Wouldn't it be fabulous if if all organizations really owned that? I I truly feel you know. Again, I, I you know, my parents moved to the United States for freedom and opportunity. So I'm a capitalist. I truly believe that the market will um, will will really um, help the. Um, and I know it's not always the case, but you're if you're doing the right thing, you're going to excel. And if you're not doing the right thing, eventually you're going to crumble. Um, I, I wonder if those diverse organizations are the ones that are going to be successful in the next hundred years that are going to make the make it through the changing climate in business and in, in our planet and in um in you know government everywhere if that's kind of a requirement so it would behoove again this is just my opinion behoove all organizations to embrace you know right now we got dei thrown everywhere but really embracing diversity equity and inclusion is the path forward so it's not just a nice to have it's a requirement in order to stay relevant moving you know forward in the future and in order to compete in this ever-changing world in order to innovate and compete with um ai and and everything that is changing so quickly you require things to be done differently and in order to be done differently you need to have new ideas and different energies and the more diverse your group is and you know and and what's more diverse than masculine and feminine energies coming together um, you'll, you're ultimately doing yourself a favor. Yes, and as I said, the, the statistics are very powerfully in support of what you're saying. I, I must say that DEI, I don't, I don't know. This is just a, it's, it's just a thought that I have, and I haven't tested it out. But actually, of the the three DEI, I think for some uh, organisations, that's a bit indigestible it's too much but actually if we focused on inclusion mm -hmm. the other two fall into place because mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> if you are truly inclusive then it doesn't matter who that person is mm -hmm. we will do what's necessary to include them mm -hmm. if we are truly inclusive it's maybe a, a bit more of a step but if we're truly inclusive then we will be treating people with equity. Mm -hmm. you know, equality is a difficult concept, I think, particularly between men and women. We're not equal. Mm -hmm. We're not equal. We're very different. Uh, but we can still be treated fairly and um, equitably. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you're doing the same job, you get the same pay mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think I think actually for some 
people, um, particularly men, this, this idea of equality grates, uh, um, you know, unconsciously. Yeah. Uh, and for a lot of women, it's incredibly important, but actually I'm not sure it's the right battle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, I, I agree, yes. I, it's, it's not about treating me equally, it's treating me for who I am, Mm. and with respect and actually long may there be the difference mm -hmm. so I, you, you know because what we need is is a beautiful um blending and bringing together of the best of the masculine and the best of the feminine absolutely that's what we need I love it. I love it. And, and yeah, I love your perspective. It's, it's, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, wow. Yeah. I, 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 I love how you put it. And in particularly inclusion, you're right. It's um, when people feel included, when people feel heard, you know, that's when you can, when you have true innovation, growth ideas, you know, it's when they don't feel heard that people stop thinking for themselves. I've worked with leaders in organizations where, you know, they're very heavy handed, they're very directed, they're very, we're going to do it this way, my way or the highway. And, and then they wonder why nobody thinks for themselves. Well, it's because you've micromanaged so much that you've, you've taught them, you know what, just do it your way. Don't come up with any ideas. Don't expand, you know, don't think about, you know, other, you know, anything else. And you really do kind of shoot, shoot yourself in the foot. So, um, yes, in, inclusion is, is having, is, is allowing everyone to have a voice. Everyone. And, and, and also top down. I mean, in, in every area of the, of the organization, the mailroom clerk could have literally a million dollar idea that will save them, the company a ton of money. Um, that person being heard uh, can really add huge value to the organization. So um, yeah, I love your emphasis on inclusion. Thank you for that. And I, I'm, I found myself reacting to a word you used there, because you said oh. allowing everybody to have um, a voice. Mm. Uh, and my, and my, the rebel in me immediately said, well, who's going to be doing this allowing? Who is it who's holding the power right. that, that, that permits someone? And it's like, we need to change that mindset. Absolutely, you're right. This is, this is deliberately creating a space where everybody has a voice. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I, I mean, it, it's 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 kind of interesting because there's a there's a, I mean, language. You know this better than I do. Language is so powerful, and every word has um, a depth to it. Yeah. And um, I think we've got to challenge ourselves a lot um, around this. Um, you know, because. Uh, and another thought that I had as we, we were talking, you, you were talking then, is what, what, where does this resistance come from? It comes from fear. Mm. Well, that's where toxic workplaces come from, right? It's from fear. It's a, you know, toxic boss or CEO, and 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 yes, um, that's where they shut everyone's voice down. That's when they, you know, try to maintain the status quo. Um, that's when they micromanage, that's when they're controlling and that doesn't allow for growth. So yeah, it's, it's the toxic workplace and there are so many of them, mm. unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. So let's, 
let's heal some. Absolutely. Absolutely. And help everyone thrive because really it's, it's a selfish gain, you know, when, when, when they do um, embrace these ideas and um, embrace inclusion, um, everyone will, will thrive. So I love it. I love it. Tom, this is so incredible. Thank you for, for your time, for this conversation. Any last thoughts? And then tell us what you are up to and how people can connect with you. You're kind. <laughs> um, last thoughts. I, I, what, what is required is courage. Mm. It, it's not about suppressing your fear, but it's actually having the courage to look into the face of the fear because so often the, the shadow on the wall that looks like an elephant is actually a mouse. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we, we have to, we have to um, face up to that. And that's what we're here for. That's what you're here for. It's what I'm here for, is to help organizations see um, ways that they can they can transform and be so much more healthy, you know, and you use the word thrive. I always say organizations thrive when people thrive. So mm -hmm. let's work to enable people to thrive in the environment because the business will do better. That, you know, it's not brain, it's not whatever the word is. It, 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 it's like in some ways it's so simple um but it, it does require some determination because you know I've, I've worked in so many organizations where you know, the life of the ceo as ceo is shorter than the project that we're working on when a new ceo comes in big ego got to make an um, impact they stop all the projects and and, and start their own and that is just such a waste of money so you, you need commitment you need commitment mm -hmm. and then you can bring about amazing change mm -hmm. so you ask what we're doing we're um you know we're working with organizations wherever we can and we're very open to hear from people who would like to explore um some of the concepts and the ideas that we've been talking about and um we've got a a, a leadership retreat coming up um in september it's not long now but um really hoping to encourage some more uh, CEOs to, or CEOs, you know, leaders to come and explore themselves in an amazing place, uh, um, um, a, a beautiful place and an uplifting place uh, and one where they can talk with uh, people who are sort of facing similar challenges, understand what's driving them, and how they can really prepare to be great leaders for the future, because we need new skills. Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty clear what those skills are, but let's talk about it and explore. So, um, yeah, uh, contact me on on uh, LinkedIn um, or uh, by email tom t h o m at serenityinleadership.com, uh, mm -hmm. or look me up um, on on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much. And just if you'd like to contact me, I'm at, I'm Trez Ibrahim everywhere. So 
you can go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, you just type my name. You can get my book on Amazon. Um, again, just put my name, Therese Ibrahim, and you'll find it. The Modern Woman, Discover Your Inner Sweet, Sexy, Badass Queen. And I do coach um, business owners, executives, entrepreneurs around the world on both personal and business matters. And um, and, and you can kind of work with both of us, which would be incredible. Imagine, imagine having Tom come in and creating that dialogue between men and women and uh, creating a, a culture of inclusion and innovation and, and creativity and growth and vibrancy and great leadership. And I can absolutely work with your team as well. So um, thank you so much, Tom, for being here. Thank you for watching this. And um, please comment. Let us know what you received from this conversation and also commitment for yourself. I think we, th we threw out a lot of ideas and I think it's really important as a lifelong learner to pull, okay, what is one commitment I'm gonna make for myself and for my own growth moving forward in order to incorporate this learning into my life and make me that 1% better? Which 1% you know, better every day will, will allow you to or create a place of, of truly standing out in, in your industry. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.